Good morning, I'm Frank Powers and this is Lifestyle Tucson, the program where I speak to our neighbors, the people behind the scenes of our amazing organizations, small businesses and nonprofits. Our friends are informing you how they serve our community and they are here to give you updates on future projects. So let's make some new friends today. Yeah. So it's a bit of a heavy topic here today on Lifestyle Tucson. We're gonna be talking about yeah. HIV and AIDS. And wait a minute, what is this? A Jello wrestling extravaganza? Wow, wait, raffles, prizes, providing HIV and AIDS, LGBTQ care, support, outreach, and education? Well, that's super important, and that's why this isn't a heavy topic at all. It's a celebration of community, life, and survival. Because since its inception back in 1997, the Southern Arizona AIDS Foundation has remained committed to ensuring that we, as a community, continue advancing health, well-being, and social justice for those living with HIV, LGBTQ plus individuals, and communities marginalized by society in Arizona and beyond. Today, I'm fortunate enough to speak with Monique Valerie, the Director of Development for SAFE the Southern Arizona AIDS Foundation. Monique, welcome to Lifestyle Tucson. Thanks so much for having me, Frank. Heck yeah. So I was a little worried when I was like, all right, let me start doing this research because I'm a bit of a softie and tend to cry. So when you're doing this stuff, it can be a little intimidating because I grew up, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, and I remember how scary HIV, AIDS, and this topic was. It was terrifying back then. And nowadays, it's pretty interesting because you'll see a commercial for just like they're selling you a Lester or some other thing. And it's for just the medical stuff you need to take to just deal with AIDS and you don't feel it and you don't live with it in your life as much. And you can survive it. And not only that, cure it. Right. And so, so much of this has been, um, like you said, Frank, how do we continue to break down the barriers? Um, for those of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s when um, the AIDS epidemic really came to the forefront, it just created so much hysteria and fear, and the stigma uh, just was unimaginable. And now fast forward, you know, 30 plus years, um, it's it's a different road. Mm -hmm. um, there's still fear and misunderstanding. There's still stigma, but such a difference. We've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. And the way we do that is having these conversations and talking to our community members. Yep. So tell me, just give me a little bit of one-on-one -on, -one on what SAFE is all about. Sure. So, yeah, we, we actually started, there was three grassroots organizations that came about because friends in our community in the 80s were losing their lives and we didn't know why. And so there are three different entities here in town. One was called TAP, the Tucson AIDS Project. One was called PAC, the People AIDS Coalition of Tucson. And one was the Shanty Foundation. And they were all just community members and business owners trying to support our friends, our loved ones, and, and just anybody in the community needed support. And they really organized for about 10 years on their own. And then the three organizations came together and the largest merger that had happened in Pima County for, for nonprofits to form the Southern Arizona AIDS Foundation. And here we are now 26 years later, um, still in the fight, still educating, still providing services. And um, again, we're going to be here as long as the community needs us. And what we've seen is just tremendous support um, and a lot of needed resources that thankfully we're able to try to provide to to friends. And when I say community, um, we're not just serving Southern Arizona. We're helping folks throughout the entire state with different things that are living with HIV AIDS. Really? Yep, absolutely. Statewide. What are, tell me some of that. Tell me some more about that. Sure. So really at the, the heart of what we do is our care services, right? That's the foundation of what we do, which is that direct client care. So that's case management. We offer housing, dental, health insurance, 
um, food support, pet support. Um, think about, you know, um, folks that maybe their only unconditionally loving thing in their life is their pet. I mean, it's really think when we think of folks, when we see folks that are houseless, right? Mm-hmm. Think how oftentimes we see them with a pet and how endearing and loving they are because that's the one thing that's super supportive and unconditional. And so, you know, we have a pet program at SAFE where clients can come in and get pet food. Wow. Um, you know, and so that's really at the core is how do we um, make sure that our clients are cared for and more importantly, um, making sure our clients are housed because a lot of HIV meds, even though it's come a long way, mm-hmm. um, they have to be refrigerated, a lot of them. So if you're houseless or, you know, living live in, in a wash somewhere, you're not going to be able to adhere to your medicine because right. you can't keep it refrigerated. So we want to really do wraparound services for our clients um, to take away barriers to care, to take away barriers to access, and then provide them those basic necessities, food, shelter, and really help on just giving them a community that's supportive. Um, that's a big part of what we do. The other really large part of what we do is is prevention. How do okay. we keep people in our community who are negative? How do we keep you negative? Um, so that's through testing. It's through knowing your status. We'll often always hear, everyone has an HIV status. Do you know what yours is? Mm. And And the reality is people think, well, I'm in a monogamous relationship. Well, you might be. Um, mm. can you really say that your, your partner or your significant other is? So the best way, you know, we want everybody in our community to be able to know their status. And the way to do that is get an HIV test. You get tested, you're negative, but you might be at high risk. Then let us help you get onto PrEP and keep you negative. Um, if you were to come up reactive, then let's get you linked to care right away so that you can continue to live a healthy and, and productive and engaged life. Well, how much do these tests cost? So, you know, we actually offer free HIV testing. Free. Free. Yep. So we offer because, again, we want everybody in the community to know their status. So we offer free HIV testing at, at our main campus um, uh, here in Tucson at, at the SAFE office. We do testing events. Uh, we'll actually have HIV testing at Jello Wrestling, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about. Super excited. And I can't wait for you to commit to Jello Wrestle. Thanks, Frank. Slow down. Right, I'm, right, uh... right. Um, but yeah, so again, we, we ask for donations, but no one will ever be turned away from getting a HIV test, hep C, mm-hmm. um, and other STI uh, panels if needed. And, and hep C is another thing that's happening really um, predominantly here in Pima County. Okay. So we also have our hep C program. So if somebody comes in and they test positive for hep C, Frank, we can get somebody cured in four months, free of charge to them through our new safe health initiative. Um, and I am so proud of, um, as of this week, we have cured our first 10 people from hep C and that is free to those folks. Again, how do we take down the barriers? How do we make our community healthy um, and safe? And these are some of the ways we're doing it. This is why I love Lifestyle Tucson, because, again, uh, the news really does like to report a lot of miserable stuff happening. Absolutely. They don't really report the good news that you're right. literally saving lives and curing diseases. You're right. Within four months, for nothing, which, again, we hear in America, that healthcare system, it's a real B, right? But for nothing, right? You're helping people get past this. My girlfriend was just telling me a story about a friend that she knew that got hep C. It ruined his entire life, his personality. It ruined him as a person. He couldn't mentally wrap his head around it, and it really destroyed him. Uh, absolutely. And and the thing is, again, there's so many barriers. How are we helping the communities that are marginalized? How are we helping the communities that folks consider they're on the fringe? Um, it's really easy to... Um, 
put in our heads or create a vision of who we think would have hep C or who we would think has HIV, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of that stigma that we really want to keep breaking down. Anybody can get HIV. Anybody can get hep C. Um, You know, so that, you know, we often think of the, the person who's, you know, houseless and living at the park and they must be a drug user and they must be this and they must be that. And that's that's our own issues that we have to work through because we want to put people in the box. But the reality is we see people coming in, receiving, receiving services from us who they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're professionals, they're teachers, they're everyday folks. We don't care why somebody needs a service. We just want to make sure that we help get them that. And so um, and again, it's breaking down that that's those stereotypes um, and to help break down those barriers. It's huge. It's important work. Wait a minute. What's more important than that? Jello. <laughs> you had me a jello, Frank. You what had you, me a jello. What are you doing? So let me read this, okay? <laughs> this is the Jello Wrestling Extravaganza, June 24th. All right. Jello Wrestling raised nearly $5,000 in the inaugural year that it happened a while back. Carrying on Reno's legacy, the 2019 Jello Wrestling raised more than $45,000. Right. I did not expect to see that number behind Jello Wrestling. Right. All right. The funds raised go directly to support the care services, prevention programs, all the initiatives, and Safe's gender affirming clinic, uh, Safe Health. So let's talk about some of that. And let's also then talk about some more of the Jello and where they can go see it. Sure. So the other initiative, uh, which we'll tie in really quick, is Safe Health. And this is um, our newest initiative that we actually launched this uh past 18 months. So we looked at, we work with so many amazing community partners. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, if we can get somebody in and start, um, you know, how do we keep you negative? Or we find out you're hep C positive, how do we get other support? We knew that one of the big areas is LGBTQ um, affirming care. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even though doctors take oath, um, there's still a lot of stigma and there's still a lot of this pressure and shame that I'm not going to treat someone. So you know, folks don't understand how to, to work with, um, you know, community members who are trans, right? Um, right. Someone is now living their authentic and best life. Um, they may still need a prostate exam, even though they identify as female or vice versa. So um, LGBTQ folks, we're at a higher risk of cancers and other things because we're less likely to seek out primary care um, because of that stigma and and a lot of the hypocrisy and, and even truly a lot of the hate and all the things that we yeah. are seeing now with even in our own state, but we're seeing nationwide. So the next um, really important move for us was how, again, how do we provide all of these other services? So we launched Safe Health. And um, and in the last year, we've been seeing folks via telehealth as we were getting the build done, uh, getting our state licensing. And um, in that time, we've established 250 new patients for primary care. Wow. Strictly primary care. Um, they've also, uh, our first 10 cures for hep C have come through our work at safe health. Um, and we're so excited. We recently received our state licensing. So in, uh, early fall in September, we'll actually be doing, uh, the kind of the ribbon cutting. So patients will actually be able to come in, um, in person. Um, and so we're just, we're so excited about that. But the biggest thing again, insured, uninsured, Documented, undocumented, whatever the case may be, how do we take away the barriers to somebody getting the care that they deserve because this is our community? And so this um, was the next iteration for us. And so we're excited. um, We're proud of it. And we have no idea how big and how far it's going to go. But what we know and what we've seen so far is the fact that people can 
can um, enroll for this and actually get into primary care. And you're not waiting three to six months. Yeah. Uh, we have behavioral health uh, assistance in there as well. Same thing right now, most places, there's a six month wait. If you need behavioral health and you have to wait six months, you want to talk about a barrier. Yeah. So now that's that's not the case with us. So we're really, um, we're proud and we're excited to to be able to just add one more um, system into play to help support everyone in the community. You do not have to be LGBTQ to come to the clinic. That's not a thing. What it is is about having staff and practitioners trained in affirming care to help you know, navigate some of the other experiences that some of our community uh, members face. Yeah, well, it's all about mental health and behavioral health. You hear it so much because, again, I think that's what the biggest struggle really is. We were right. talking about growing up in the 80s and the 90s earlier when it's just like, oh, they hit you, hit them back. Right. Oh, the bully exists. <laughs> right. I like that there has been so much progress in the way that human beings are supposed to treat one another. The idea of wanting to try to see things from their perspective, the idea of walk a mile in someone's shoes, right. the not giving in to aggression and that that's the default thing. And then how do you meet aggression? Well, right. you hit them back. Right. No, you don't. You got to be caring right. and welcoming. Right. So I do a lot of uh, just you know, licensing or businessy stuff, right? There's a term that I learned in small business thing where you have to have someone unpack as few boxes as possible. So when you set up your art table, you got to have prices out because no one's going to ask you the price. They feel anxious about it. That same thing, that same model works with many things, mm -hmm. including this organization that is trying to take away all the barriers so that you feel comfortable because it's hard to ask someone, what's, what's this cost? It, it, not everyone does it. Right. They feel that they're a bother especially with behavioral health. I think a lot of people really think that no one cares about me. I'm a nuisance, right? Especially when you feel isolated and alone. And when you're dealing with something that is really the target of so much hate, because then it's backed by fear, right. you know, and that's a big thing. So making it feel safe, which is the most important and greatest acronym there is the fact that it is, that's why I said it's pronounced safe, right? It is yes, pronounced it is. safe. S-A-A-F, yeah. but it's pronounced safe because that's what it's supposed to be. Right. And that's how you're supposed to feel. And that's fantastic. And that I really do encourage everybody that heard you even glossed over documented or undocumented. Right. They're really trying to help everyone. Right. All right. Regardless of your social standing and regardless of any stigma that you might think is hanging around you. Don't worry about it and let it go and go get the help from these people that are there with their arms open and want to help. You're not a nuisance. You deserve the help and you deserve to be seen. And that's what this organization seems to be all about especially covered in gelatin, Absolutely. which is going to be June 24th at Tucson Slaughterhouse. Yeah, it's a 21 plus event, obviously, but it's guaranteed to induce lots of laughs, lots of fun. All right. The last few years, Jell-O Wrestling has been the most requested event to make a return. And this is its big return after COVID, which is great. So they're excited to continue this tradition and have a blast. But when we're not covered in gelatin, what are we doing every single month? So all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. So Jell-O, um, again, there is nothing else like it. We're so proud of a lot of the other events that we put on. Um, this fall, we'll have our 35th annual AIDS walk. We mm -hmm. have the oldest walk in town. That's great. Nobody else does Jell-O. <laughs> um, nobody else can pull off Jell-O. And so uh, it is an over 21. Teams wrestle in non-food grade Jell-O because we wouldn't want to waste food. We have a food program. 
Okay. This, this past week, we actually, uh, my team and I, uh, on Monday, uh, we made uh, close to 300 gallons of Jello. <laughs> um, we might have some feelings about Jello. It looks like Jello. It feels like Jello. It doesn't taste like Jello. Deal. Um, <laughs> but teams wrestle in Jello. We've got uh, some amazing local entertainers that help support us for the event. We do an auction items. Um, we also have a raffle yep, to wear raffle. Two, two tickets to pink. But again, um, being able to come back in community and celebrate something that started here in our community. This event will be 33 years this year. It should have actually been 36 years old. Right. Had a little hiatus, you know. I think we all remember the world went upside down for a few years. Yeah. But we're so excited because, again, there's nothing else like this. To see teams who want to come out and, um, you know, engage in some shenanigans and then raise some money for a nonprofit is pretty phenomenal. And like I said, we have a lot of our community partners there. Uh, Queer Story will be there. Um, our partners from uh, testing and from the health department, and other things. So we'll be offering HIV and some other tests and, and just be able to educate, mm -hmm. um, but do it in a really fun environment. And uh, Slaughterhouse and, and Bobby's team are so supportive and so welcoming of us and, and give us such a great place to host these shenanigans. So I mean, it's really excited. I don't think I've heard the use of the word shenanigans so appropriately in some time. Right. This is this is shenanigans. <laughs> There's no better word. And <laughs> it's the only probably appropriate thing I can say on the radio. That's so, so funny. Uh, that is happening, the big 35th anniversary AIDS walk. But do you guys have a walk every month? No, so we don't do a walk every month. So our okay. walk is once a year. So that's that will be in uh, October. And we're actually in our 10th year partnering with Tucson Meet Yourself. Nice. So a big part of also, I think, for SAFE, it is about our community partners. Yes. We're not standing, you know, we're not standing on this alone. We are standing on the shoulders of so many other folks and entities that helped got, got, got us to this point. So we're super excited for Tucson Meet Yourself um, in October. To have the 35th anniversary of the walk is phenomenal. Um, we've never missed a year, and the fact that the community has supported us from the beginning, I think, really shows, um, you know, really the level of understanding and commitment that we have here. Um, but once a month, you know, we're doing definitely different outreach events. We've got testing going on. Uh, we've got volunteer events coming up. Um, obviously, in June, there's a lot of stuff happening in June with Pride Month. And part of that, too, is we also try to partner with folks that um, – Really, it's not just engaging us during Pride Month mm -hmm. because we want to be good partners. And, and, and again, this isn't making sure that, oh, we, we worked with an aid service organization so we can check this off our mm -hmm. box. Um, that's not who we are and that's not who we want to be. We also do monthly. We've got some great educational programs. Our LGBTQ 101 is the most requested training that we do. And what we're really seeing is we're going into businesses, corporate, nonprofit, small business, large businesses, like some of our big players here in town, and being able to work with management and staff about LGBTQ. What is a pronoun? Why does it matter? Mm -hmm. Or um, how do we offer um, you know, support and connections with parents who are like, my child just came to me and now said, I'm you know, I'd like to be called a different name or I'm non-binary. And we have such high rates of LGBTQ youth suicide that it's because we don't have supportive, you know, environment and structure set up for for youth. So one of the big ways is, it, you know, it yes, as a parent, you know, we all have to process different things. But the bottom line is no matter what, I love my kid. I want my kid here. So I can learn to adjust. And yes. maybe I can talk to another supportive parent who can help me with language, or we can do those trainings. And so there's so many great things that we do on a monthly basis um, just to try to help engage in, in the community and, and other places. So 
we're excited about a lot of things and we're always busy and we're always looking for volunteers. Yep. Well, I was going to bring that up. Yep. yep. Because remember, if you can't donate money, you can yeah. donate your time. Volunteering is the biggest theme around here on Lifestyle Tucson. Don't try to make people do the things that you want to do. Find people doing the things that you want to do and join them. You don't need to start an organization. All these great organizations exist. Go find them, join them, help them, and help them grow. That's the way it works because that's what community is all about. It's about making friends and making people really feel comfortable. And that's something that I just want to like talk about just from my experience, right? So here's my experience. I'm a New Yorker who loves art and does all this and wants to be in a play. So I used to get beaten up for you must be gay growing up, be that as it may, right? It's tough to grow up and it's tough to really be struggling with that sort of thing. And then as I grow older, I make friends, my best friend is gay, right? I still deal with some of these people that have just never been around a gay person. Mm -hmm. Same people that have never been around a black person. And again, New York's the melting pot, right. but that is the problem that I feel with a lot of people. They're just uncomfortable. And because you're uncomfortable and you're an American, you think it's a crime. You think it's a crime that you're not getting this instant feeling. You think it's a crime to be made to feel uncomfortable and you react defensively and you react angrily and you react and I've seen it. And then when I introduce people and get them to really realize that a lot of their preconceived notions are of course wrong, wildly wrong. I have, I mean, I got stories. It's just insane what, what people can think. I had a Jewish teacher that taught in the Midwest. This has nothing to do with gay straight anything. He taught in the Midwest, and one day it comes up that he's Jewish. And the class is like, what? Mm -hmm. They all react. And they asked him where his horns were. Mm -hmm. How do you fit right. your feet in your shoes? Because they thought he had cloven hooves. Okay. That's how bad it was. This is, this is the late 90s. This is not the 1890s, okay? That's how much hate and, and misunderstanding and all that stuff can just still exist. If you have these weird feelings from a person of a different race or culture. These weird feelings of someone that celebrates their life differently than yours, you just honestly have to talk to them. Right. And you'll realize that it's the same. Yeah. They have the same problems as you. Right. Their job sucks too. Yep. Right? Yeah. And that's what I feel. I feel that some people really just are so unused to being uncomfortable and they look at it like it's a crime. Right. You know, Frank, I'll give you um, an example that literally just happened this past week talking about that, um, you know, that that perception we have of someone else or how is this going to happen? And, and it's easy for us. Again, we look at somebody and we put them in a box. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we were um, at one of our community community partner events um, this past weekend. We were with our um, local football club. We were at FC Tucson for Pride Night and uh, we they're very supportive. Um, we had our table uh, set up, our booth set up. And as fans are coming in, I locked eyes with a gentleman. And um, this gentleman locked eyes with me, and uh, we couldn't be more different visually. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm sure in his head, he's thinking, whoa, that's a big lesbian. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, that's a big redneck. Mm -hmm. um, and he starts coming right at me, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, God, how is this going to go? He had a baseball cap on that said AK-47. He had a large American flag, torn American flag mm -hmm. tattoo beautiful tattoo but again in my head this moment of how is this interaction going to go because again for both of us looking at each other we probably weren't going to be able to have this conversation and so in my head I'm preparing 
how to how to have this. And this gentleman walked up with his son. His son was probably about 10 years old. And um, he looked at our tent. He looked back at me and he said, wow, I used to work for TAP. TAP was our founding wow. organization. It was 35 years ago, yeah. the Tucson AIDS Project. And I literally just was taken aback because everything that I had decided about him, because my own spidey senses went, uh-oh, this mm-hmm. doesn't match what I feel comfortable with. We engaged in one of the most incredible conversations that um, uh, in throughout that conversation, he also then said, I'm going to assume you're lesbian. I said, that's a, that's a good assumption. I said, I assumed you were a redneck. And we kind of joked about it. Yeah. He had big, huge, full beard, whatnot. Um, he said, I'm a pastor. And I went, uh-oh. Like, I'm like, where's this going to go? Right. And he said, I just resigned my pastorhood. And he goes, I want to tell you that to all of the people you love, to you, all of your friends, I am so sorry about the hatred and the misinformation that's coming from our community right here, Frank. Wow. Our community goes, I want to apologize because anyone understand, you know, my Jesus loves everyone, never talked yep. about homosexual, all of these things. And by the end of that conversation, he and I are both in tears, hugging it out and, you know, being able to have that moment of, man, I had my own preconceived notions because of appearance. He had his own. But the end of it, he and I literally shared tears, shared an embrace, and found this really mutual and incredible moment for us. Because what is it? It's about talking to people. It's so easy for us to put everybody in a box because it's how our brains work. Mm-hmm. But then to realize that's not how everybody is. And right. what a great moment. And like I said, that was something that was so powerful um, because there is, there's so much. There's 14 anti-LGBTQ and trans bills happening in the state of Arizona. It's sad. Happening right here. There's there's hate with our drag entertainers. There's mm-hmm. all of these things. So, um, you know, again, I think it's how do we take away that stigma? How do we have difficult conversations? I think one of the the best and kind of um, really interesting thing about SAFE you know, we talk about, we got to talk about, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about drugs. Let's talk about rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Let's break down those barriers and let's do it with everyone. Because the more that we can take away that, that stigma and that shame of it, everybody has sex. None of us would be here if we didn't like, you know, and so how do we make it something that feels taboo and uncomfortable? Make it every day. Mm-hmm. And so this is really what's um, so amazing about getting opportunities like this and having that opportunity at, you know, FC Tucson on Friday night, getting to talk to someone who in no way, if any other time, I would have passed him on the street and he would have done the same. And we wouldn't have had any acknowledgement because how I saw him and how he saw me um, versus how our conversation went was was truly just um, really so powerful and really amazing. That's just a good old fashioned lesson and don't judge a book by its cover. That's exactly it. You You don't know. know. You don't know. Yeah. That's fantastic. This was a really good conversation. I really enjoyed it. Where can people find more information about SAFE online? Yep. So www, and then it's at SAFE. So it's S as in Sam, A as in Apple, A as in Apple, F as in Frank.org. Takes you to our website. Uh, We're also on Facebook. Um, Get your Jell-O tickets. Sign up to volunteer. um, Learn about our programs and services and know that, uh, again, we are here with our community partners to uh, make this the best place that people can be. Absolutely. And it's Tucson, so it's already the it's best already, place. It's already pretty darn nice. That's right. That's right. So today we made friends with Monique Valerie, the Director of Development for SAFE, the Southern Arizona AIDS Foundation, helping us all just feel better about each other. I'm doing it wrestling in Jell-O. 
Thanks for joining me today, Monique. Thanks, Frank. We appreciate you. See you on June 24th. You know it. This As a pirate. <laughs> this was Lifestyle Tucson. Arr. Arr. Bing bong bing, time for a recap. Let me bring you in on the inside joke as Monique knows me as Captain Oblivious of the SS Ridiculous. Yar. When I was hosting the Return of the Mermaids with Miss Lizzie Mead of Silver Sea, it was a great time. And that's when Monique was uh, involved with Fama back in the day. But everything that we talked about was really great. Sometimes when I listen back to these, I get a little upset at how much I talk. But I do like sharing things and uh, getting personal so that you know that I'm the type of guy that you can trust because you know that I'm the type of guy that's been through some of the stuff that I'm talking about with some of the guests that I have here on Lifestyle Tucson. I just like to share so that you know that I'm an authentic guy because, you know, me, I'm your BFF. I'm your best Frank forever. So make sure that you hang out with Safe over at SAAF. Dot org, or you can call them at 520-628-7223. Those last four numbers spell S-A-F. Or toll free 800-771-9054. You can cut uh, info over at info at safe.org. Again, S-A-A-F. And it's 375 South Euclid Avenue, 85719. So there's all the info. And of course, don't forget the Jello Wrestling Extravaganza is June 24th at Tucson's Slaughterhouse. And I want to thank our new friends at SAFE, the Southern Arizona AIDS Foundation, for joining me today. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. For more information about our program or to listen to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday Mornings page on klpx.com, kfma.com, mixfm.com, or espntucson.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are jello wrestling. I'm your BFF Frank Powers, Toot Toot Tucson. I love you the most.